0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. In Mississippi, with our ever-changing weather, termites and household pests can disrupt your family life and take a toll on your home. Call Family Termite and let us help protect your home. 601-933-1014 or reach us at www.family-termite.com.
1: The Rebel Report from Super Talk Mississippi with Brian Scott Rippey and Colin Brister. Listen carefully. Listen carefully.
0: What's up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rupee. my co-conspirator as always is Colin Brister. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Mailbag Friday, November 15th edition of the Rebel Report podcast. A lot to get to today. Uh, We had a lot of podcasts throughout the week. I'd encourage you to go check out. Uh, I had Bracken Ray on, on Wednesday to discuss Ole Miss basketball, kind of college basketball as a whole. What he sees from this team, the ceiling ...of it, kind of the landscape of College Hoops as a whole. He had a pretty good Rupp Arena story, some uh, pretty good AK stories. So I'd encourage you to check that one out. That was put up on Wednesday. Then we had Brody Miller for our LSU preview yesterday. It was uh, much less about the game preview... ...and very much more so about kind of the evolution of LSU's offense... Uh, kind of how Ed Orgeron has evolved as a head coach, where Joe Burrow ranks, kind of in LSU lore. Really, some interesting stuff because I think LSU's kind of college football's most fascinating team this year, given that it wasn't completely out of nowhere, but just everything has gone completely there. Like everything they had to do to be at this level went exactly as planned, and that's kind of fascinating to me. But uh, back show today, we'll get to your questions. Ole Miss has a game tonight against Western Michigan in hoops. I will actually not be at that. I have a couple of friends coming into town who come into town for one football game a year, basically. So I'm actually taking off of that game and going to eat and hang out. But uh, we'll still have coverage up at supertalk.fm from that game. And I'll be back on normal schedule for Seattle and all that. And, of course, you've got the football game Saturday. So we'll get into all that. So I some... New, I guess, some official news since we last had a podcast about some transfer stuff. We'll get into all that. I'm sure some of the questions, though, I haven't looked at all of them yet. Uh, get into that. So, I, uh, I guess, we will just kind of get with the questions, and get rolling. What's up,
1: people? People do forget that it's technically still football
0: season. Yeah, but I mean, football
1: they, games to be played.
0: Yeah, they got. I mean, they got two games left. Most teams, I guess, at this point in the schedule, have three. I don't think many teams have a. Penultimate right. bye week like Ole Miss did That was kind of odd scheduling Really kind of sucks for Ole Miss I guess in some senses Because I mean the bye week The second last week of the year From a uh, from like I guess a nursing and health type Standpoint doesn't really help you very much But as far as I guess Getting ready for a game that people in this state Put ridiculous amounts of irrational Emotional capital in I guess it helps you In that sense because you know Matt Luke does have His job because of that game Yeah, yeah.
1: I, mean, it, I mean it is a robbery I don't want to undersell it that much, but um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure how much a bye week at this point of the season helps you as far as preparation goes, either.
0: Oh, I don't. I don't know about that because State's going to have to play. I guess they do play Abilene Christian. State plays
1: Abilene Christian. Yeah, I, well, really going to help.
0: I was thinking. Well, I was thinking. Remember in years past, they've always they've usually had Arkansas in the penultimate week. So I was well, kind it's of, the
1: same
0: thing. Well, yeah, I guess at this point. But I mean, at least it is an SEC game. But my point being is, you don't play a game. Instead of having to go on a short week and go the Saturday, Thursday, Ole Miss basically has 10 days to prepare for it. That definitely has to help some, um, as opposed to the five day turnaround, which nowadays you really only see in the NFL. I guess some ACC teams and Big 12 teams do it. But isn't it usually on Thursday night college football games you don't normally play the Saturday before? And don't they try to do that?
1: Uh, I haven't noticed that. Maybe so. Um, I know North Carolina played. Last
0: Saturday, but I could be wrong. No, I no, I'm not saying it happens every time. I thought they tried to do that. Maybe that's just with the Tuesday, Wednesday night mat games. Uh, anyway, whatever. But it, it, the, the bye week certainly is going to help Ole Miss from a preparation standpoint. But I don't think it's going to help much from a. I mean, I guess it could with some nagging injuries that are naturally going to come about from this LSU game. But like aside from that, aside from that, it doesn't doesn't. I don't think it really does a whole lot for you. So I don't know, but. There are two games left. on Miss plays LSU on Saturday. I guess we'll just get to the questions first, and then we'll get into picks. We've got Greg's picks coming up for you. No Greg today. We'll probably have him back on next week. But um, let's just start with the questions and just kind of see where everything else goes. Sounds good. Name one positive trend in the Ole Miss football program right now.
1: I know that I, like, I called dibs on Mac Brown, so, so yeah, you got to
0: find something else. I mean, that's a tongue in I know it's a tongue in cheek question, but I mean, they do have a lot of like, y- like in terms of like their young core of a football team, they do have a lot of nice things going on. They've got some cool, good pieces in the offensive backfield, where it's Jer- Jerry on Ely, Snoop Connor. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen at the quarterback position at this point, but I mean between. Robbie Asher coming in, you're assuming Plumley's going to stay. They at least have some youth and have some decent stuff going up front there. The defense has been much improved. Just people are so pissed off and like angry about how uh, how poorly the offense has run, particularly for the last i'd say six seven weeks that i I think it clouds them or anything else but like in terms like they like Luke and the staff do deserve some credit for through some pretty difficult and arduous circumstances, laying down a pretty good uh young foundation but it's up I mean, uh, having the foundation there you have to build something off of it and that's kind of where people's frustrations lie but there are plenty of like decent things that they have going for it right now it's just not showing up on the field and I would also uh, remind people like people get mad at the results but this season was always going to be the season the bill was due for the NCAA this was always going to be a horrible year this was always going to be a struggle year this was when the, the bottom out period was supposed to happen so if you bottom out at 5 and 7 it's not really the end of the world
1: yeah, I, I, I get that it's the, the, I mean, to go along with the phrase, the year that builds you. But when your coach is actively making decisions in games that probably don't help you win football games, it, it goes beyond that. Like I think people could have handled a 5-7 and seven if the coach isn't letting 20 seconds roll off the clock before he calls timeout against Cal or is running the football 19 consecutive times against Auburn on first down or not playing Matt Crowley against A and M for the first half. Like I think that I think there was a way five and seven could have been you know perceived okay. And I think there's a way that it cannot be perceived okay. And I think the way uh, it's not perceived okay is what's come to fruition.
0: Yeah, I guess that's fair as well. But like, it, like people, I, I feel like Ole Miss people act like this doesn't happen around the country everywhere. People get pissed off at their coaches for doing dumb stuff on teams that win and teams that don't win.
1: Like, yeah, but when you're when you're not as talented as other teams, you you can't do that. Yeah, and you can get away with it if you're dabbling. Saban did some dumb stuff Saturday, but when you're uber talented, you can mask it sometimes.
0: Yeah, but there are uber talented teams. Uh, non uber talented teams have their coaches do dumb stuff. That's kind of part of college football. Coaches aren't exactly uh, always brainiacs when it comes to common sense. But I feel like here, people were already so pissed off about the hire they view the head coach as incompetent, they view him not able to do the job, that every little thing people just act like it's the end of the world is kind of what Ole Miss has going for it. And I'm not saying that's not necessarily uh, not justified. I think I just used a double negative there. But, I mean, it's it's just, I think it's gotten to a point, and we'll get to it with the transfer stuff in a minute. Like, as far as, like, I mean, I, don't, I try not to check all of it as much as I can, but if my social media mentions were any indication on two uh, wide receivers that played, you know, Sparingly, this year transferred like it was a full on absolute <laughs> meltdown. So, I don't know. I feel like people get way over dramatic about stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, OMIS has had a lot of transfers. A lot of people are saying that oh, this is just normal SEC stuff, normal SEC programs lose transfers. OMIS has had more in transfer players than anybody else in the SEC. Like, I do think at some point losing all this depth might become
0: an issue. I mean, I guess, but I mean, you've lost what four dudes. He lost more than that. What? Uh, well, well C- going to lose more than that. C.J. Miller, Grant Tisdale, the two receivers. Cam White. Cam White. Oh, but come on, man. Like, C.J. Miller and Cam White were not ever helping this football team. Maybe, but at
1: some point, don't you just need to have bodies? Like, they can go play
0: special teams? I mean, sure, but it's not like they're not going to replenish that with the scholarships that are freed up. Like... I I don't see losing like, and I I don't. I would be interested to see actual numbers on whether on transfers nationally, uh, throughout this college football season where Ole Miss ranks on it because they're not like they're losing guys that are actually making impacts for them. I'm not saying that losing guys are good for them, but if you want to say like Cam White and C J Miller are indictment on the eroding depth of the football program, I'm not necessarily going to be. I'm not saying it's
1: an indictment, but I'm simply saying losing players is going to hurt you at some point. I mean, they, they lost guys like Jack before in the off season. Like at some point, depth plays a point a part in this when you haven't been on eighty-five
0: scholarships long. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But this happens at every program in the country. Dudes get pissed off about not playing and they leave. I mean, I don't it's,
1: think it's, the end of the transfers is, is done either.
0: No, I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily say it is either. But I, I would interest, be interested to actually see a number where Ole Miss stacks up nationally in terms of transfers, because I would actually bet it's probably somewhere just ahead of the middle of the pack. You're at four right now. You'll probably have some natural runs this off season, or five right now. You have some natural ones this off season. I'd be interested to see where that uh, what that ends up being, because now with the way the transfer portal is in college football, like. This ha- this is going to happen more and more, and you're going to see transfer rates raise higher and higher. And like, anyway, I don't know. We'll get to it when we get to the questions about wide receivers, but like, I think people are dramatically overreacting to some of this. Um, does Luke realize just how badly the fan base wants him out? I mean. I, I, I they never do.
1: Um, well, I, I mean, Bianco didn't know that people were pissed last year.
0: Well, I don't think that's a very good example because a different sport, different type of dude might. These, these people all
1: live in a bubble, though, man.
0: Dude, I, I, I completely disagree. Based on people in and around the program, they are human. They feel the heat. He understands what position the they're school. in. I mean, it's
1: like, like Clem knew that, 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 that they were pissed at him last year. I don't. I think Matt infiltrates himself with a lot of people that think like him and a lot of yes men. I don't think he ever thought uh, that the fan base is turned on him this badly.
0: I think he's very aware. I think this staff actually reads a lot more and uh, than people think and people let on and then that they would like to let on. I feel pretty certain that he feels very aware of like how just how I guess hot the temperature is. Or gauging the fan base, I think he knows. You can sense well, it in the way he's talked through as the years progressed. Like the, maybe, so, but he's done
1: a horrible job of PR and messaging. If he actually does know that,
0: what is he? But like, what is he supposed to do every week? Just be like, "Hey, sorry, fan base, don't be as mad." Like, I, like, no other coach in the country would address that type of stuff. Like, what do you want him to do?
1: I mean, speak candidly and not put, you know, uh, not not answer questions would probably help a long way.
0: If you're asking a football coach to speak candidly you're in a long line of waiting
1: maybe so but when you' you're in this type of fire with, with this fan base I feel like that this, this place kind of desires transparency at some point and we fit them off as much as this football program frankly has probably would behoove them to you know give an honest and transparent answer at some point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, but, like, what do you, I, I, like, one of the things, I get DMs all the time being like, why don't you ask him this? I was like, well, we do, but, like, look at any other press conference at any other college football program, at, like, ever. Look at what Ed Orgeron does, or anyone else. Like, what do you want Matt Luke to do? Like, break down what, like, first and foremost, why one quarterback's playing over another? Like, where, where is that happening anywhere?
1: I'm not saying it is. I'm saying that if, if he did, he would help himself among the fan base.
0: I guess so, I, but to answer the guy's question, I do think he 100% uh, understands the uh, temperature of the fan base and kind of what he's up against over the next year. You can sense it in the way he talks. You can kind of sense it in his face at times. He gets it. I think he's trying to do his best to block as much of it as out because like, I, I don't think entertaining that really does them, many, does them any good, but I, I, I think they definitely know. Who inside the athletic administration decide to slow walk the AD hire as a way of keeping Luke? I, I think I, I I don't I'm not necessarily going to say who because I don't necessarily I don't know for sure but it's more of like I saw this football scoop come out yesterday and it's like somehow news that he's returning in 2020 like newsflash man they don't have the 14 million to buy out the coaching staff that's just not a possibility at this point so it's a financial thing more so than anything else they they're they're not going to be able to buy out this coaching staff at Whatever, just under fourteen million dollars that it's going to require thirteen, whatever it is, they don't have that money. It's not happening.
1: Yeah, um I don't necessarily believe that it would happen even if they did have the money.
0: That's fine if they believe that's the best. I think there's some of that too. I think they genuinely believe he deserves a twenty twenty. But like their hands are tied. There's no way that's happening this year. They literally don't have the money. They are it is a broke athletic department at the moment by modern SEC standards. It's like they're not literally broke. If you kind of catch catching my drift there, but well, I mean, we were
1: what? It's November. We were five months ago talking about the. They didn't have the money to fire Mike Yanko. and this is a whole different realm of, of possibilities here.
0: Yeah, you're kind of underscoring my point. They don't.
1: I mean, no, that's what I'm saying. Like they don't have the money to fire Mike Yanko. How in God's name do they have it to fire Matt Luke?
0: Yeah, so like it's not happening. I do think that that they like. I, I, they're telling people it's in the best interest of whatever to for him to be twenty twenty. Well, the best interest is code for what's the best financial we can't go interest? Bankrupt. Yeah. So, like, that's just not happening. So, like, I don't think it was any one guy who just was really a big Matt Luke guy that was like, "Hey, we're going to slow play this thing and not let him get fired." I think it was holy hell, this is going to be an expensive liability, and uh, we can't cut ties with it this year because it's literally just not reasonably feasible. I, I think it's very much more so that. All right, here's the wide receiver question, or one of them. So I guess we'll get right to there. Should Old Miss Holder memorial service for NWO now that Richrod and Luke have effectively killed it? Uh, I guess credit for the clever way of phrasing the question. So it became official on, I guess, Wednesday Yeah, Wednesday evening. We talked to Matt Luke. Miles Battle, Demarcus Gregory, no longer practicing with the football team. Both intend to enter the transfer portal. Matt Luke said that he. Um, that he talked to both of them about it and that he thinks it is mostly playing time related. Uh, that would seem to make sense. Neither one of them got on the field. And, of course, that had caused a complete and utter uh, shitstorm, for the lack of a better phrase, amongst, I don't know, social media, fan base, whatever. I think there's a lot of reasons to this. I think I'm not defending Rich right here. If you've listened to this podcast for the last month, month and a half, I, I've I've kind of said the quarterback thing makes no sense. The scheme is very predictable. I don't really understand what they're trying to do uh, on a drive-by-drive basis. Like, the play calling doesn't seem to have any rhyme or rhythm to it. I-, I-, I don't think you'd be able to qualify me as a Rich Rod Stan or a Rich Rod fan at this point. Uh, but at the same time, I think this idea that it's solely because they've sucked passing the football for 10 games is really dumb. They lost three wide receivers to the NFL. The two guys that they played, look at the snap counts, were not playing. They got beat out by Donterio Drummond. They got beat out by Mingo. Uh, you could maybe argue they got beat out a little bit by the two Jacksons. Like, Elijah Moore's a slot receiver. They weren't playing for a reason. Now, I don't know what's necessarily going to happen in terms of guys, like what the, what the wide receiver position looks like on the roster at the end of the football season. Um, if there's more attrition, then I guess we can kind of rehash it then at the end of the year. But this idea that it's solely because they've sucked throwing the football for 10 games is really just dumb. I uh, I mean,
1: maybe so, and, and I don't necessarily disagree. My my argument would be I don't think they can replace those guys in recruiting because how do you re- – I think this is where it falls on Rich Rodriguez. How do you go replace those guys in recruiting with an offense that looks like this?
0: I think people don't have a misconception cuz I was talking to a couple recruiting guys about this and I, I, I think people have a misconception of like like these high school kids not that they're dumb or naive but like they don't look at like a four five like a 6 7 game sample size and be like oh yeah I'm not going there they can't throw the ball like I don't think that's necessarily how the recruiting game operates because uh. Like I I, 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 don't, I don't think that's how like, that like that that's how any of those kids think and that's basically what they were I mean that's kind of what they were, I guess portraying as well. Now would it does it help things that they've struggled in the passing game? No, but some four star kid tweeting out his top twelve as a junior in high school is not going to go. Ooh, that a And M game was rough. Cross them off the list. Well, no, but I mean, does does an eight game sample size
1: not? I mean. It's not that the passing game is rough. It's that the offense doesn't tailor itself to anything for receivers. Like, how, how do you watch this, and if Ole Miss is going to continue to run it, as a high school receiver, think that this is the best fit for
0: you? Well, at the same time, though, like on the defensive side of the ball, why would any linebacker have come there the last three years because the defense was so terrible? Kids, I mean, are... It's not about it. It's not Like, if Ole
1: Miss ran a 5-1 defense, then I would think they probably would have a tough time getting linebacked. It's not about it not being very good. It's about the, the scheme and the pattern of it.
0: That's fine. I'm not saying it helps it, but this idea that they're not going to get any wide receivers because of solely what happened on the field this year, I think is a little bit a little bit far-fetched. Because kids look at playing time. Kids look at all kinds of different factors for going to school. It's not just, oh, man, that offense wasn't good for the last eight games of last year.
1: Maybe so. I, I, I would have serious questions if I was a receiver, Coming into this offense regarding are we going to throw the football or not?
0: That's fair, but then and again, in a month, you don't know if Rich Rodriguez is going to even be here. Well,
1: no, if he's not here, I think that opens up a lot of different questions or a, a lot of different avenues. But if they're going to be dead set on running this offense where they run the football literally 75% of the time, I do think wide receivers have questions there.
0: I, I'm not, no, that's all. That's certainly fair, but like I don't know. the The meltdown to me was amusing, but at the same time, I, I don't think this is a hundred percent ideally what Rich Rodriguez. I was watching. They had some old West Virginia replay on a while back, and I was watching some of it. I don't think this is exactly ideally what he wants to run. And again, I'm not defending Rich Rodriguez. But, like, I don't think this is a carbon copy of what he thought he would want this to look like. And I'm not even talking about results. I'm just talking about scheme and play calling and all that. You know, with ideal personnel a year or two down the road. I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm not saying it's going to be different or better. I don't think this is the exact version of what he ideally sees as as his offense, I guess, in his image. Maybe so. At
1: some point, I mean... Rich Rodriguez is culpable in this offense. I'm not saying you're you're saying he's not. Um I think those guys did leave for playing time. I think if any other receivers leave though, it is an indictment on Rich Rodriguez. Uh
0: yeah. I but yeah, I, I think that's fair, but like it's 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 there's one thing. If you're losing major contributors, then I think that's one thing. But my Battle and Gregory were not that. Like I I think we all admit they got beat out.
1: Sure, but, but I I think that if, like I said,
0: if anybody else leaves, it ain't because they got beat out. Yeah, I think that's fair. I um, it'll be interesting, I guess, to see the roster attrition as the as the year goes on. Uh, really, kind of everywhere, but uh, for first and foremost at wide receiver, but. I mean, the optically, I'm not trying, like, there's really no way to sell this optically if you're Rich Rodriguez roll miss right now. You're losing two receivers at a time where you really can't complete a forward pass with any sort of consistency. But at the same time, look at the two guys it was. Now, it's interesting to me. Gregory, I think, is very much the what we were discussing where he just didn't get ever. I, I don't even know if Gregory got beat out because I don't know what he would have gotten beat out for. I just don't think he was ever really much in the mix. I guess he was kind of out there a little bit early in the year. Battle's a more interesting case if you want to make the case that Battle caught the Rich Rodriguez virus because in the four games Battle was allowed to play last year. He only caught two passes but he played a decent bit and did some nice things and you thought, okay, that might be a guy that comes next year and it just never happened. So it's kind of interesting looking at the two because one, you could really make a case maybe he did catch this Rich Rodriguez virus. The other one, I don't, Gregory, I don't even think was really ever in the mix.
1: Yeah, well, Gregory had that knee injury and was his speed certainly suffered. Uh, he had the big catch against Cal, but yeah, I, I think those guys were certainly due to playing time, and I think they would have seen a lack of playing time in any offense at Ole Miss. Um I just I'm interested with with the other guys if they're able to retain all of them.
0: Yeah. So anyway, let's see what the next one is. Will Corral leave and will John Rice Plumlee ever complete a pass of 30-plus yards?
1: He's already done that.
0: I think, I think, I think they mean going forward because the last three, four weeks is odd. They, I mean, they haven't had a passing touchdown since Missouri. Wow. Um, they haven't thrown for 250 yards in a game since Alabama. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, he will complete a pass of 30 yards going forward.
0: Oh, hold on uh, hold on hold on hold on hold on this might be an interesting point you're saying in these last two games he's gonna complete a pass of 30 or more yards no I thought he meant his career I maybe he did but for for the sake of the argument uh, not argument debate whatever does he complete a pass of 30 or more yards in the last two games um I would if you're making if you're giving me money to bet on it I'm betting no
1: yeah I' I'm, be- I'm betting no too I, I thought he meant his career I, I think that because, frankly, I mean, it, it, we talk about battle and, and um, Gregory not being here. I think those are the two guys that if you threw a ball up for grabs, were the most likely to come down and get it. I don't think Elijah Moore is that type of receiver, so you kind of do lose a little bit in that. I guess Mingo is a guy that can go up and grab one. Um, and that's the type of 30-yard pass that you have to complete um, in this offense. So, yeah, the, the next two games, no, I, I, I don't see that.
0: Well, I would be, I'd venture to imagine. I, I don't have this in front of me, but it'd be interesting to look it up. The couple thirty-yard passes that he does have this year, I know. What I think Mingo caught a long one at Alabama, but I would imagine if you're talking, like, I, I, if you told me, if you told me John Rice probably has four passes at thirty yards or more this year, and that even might be, high, I would say Moore has three of them.
1: Um, Gregory had the one against Cal. Uh, Cooley had against... Uh, I'm looking through New Mexico State right now because that'd be the only one in recent memory where it happened.
0: I don't think they um, had one against New Mexico State. Yeah,
1: I got a 28-yard one in the first quarter uh, to Elijah Moore, but that's about all I'm seeing. Um, yeah, I, I... No, I don't think he completes one for more than 30 uh, the rest of the year.
0: Because, I mean, who are you doing it against? I, I mean, I... I now. I mean there's always a like there's always a chance for like a busted coverage or a broken tackle or something so I'm like I guess I'm being a little facetious here but like if you really are like if you're making me bet on whether they whether he completes a 30-yard pass against LSU or Mississippi State in the two remaining games I'm probably going no uh just based on one another thing about it's hard to complete I mean unless you're going on a deep ball or a fade them not using the middle of the field like that's cu- cutting out like I mean, they throw a bunch of short outs and a bunch of, like, short flare patterns. Like, they don't use the middle of the field. So that's, like, half the reason I would bet against it. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, like you said, they run their route to the sidelines in most instances. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 somebody's got to break a tackle, go make a play. I don't think 30 yards in the air happens the rest of the
0: season. Yeah, so uh, let's see what the next one is.
1: Setting. Oh yes, I think Matt Corral leaves. That
0: was another part of his question. Oh yeah, I do. I, I I think the writing is very much on the wall for Corral. Now, crazy stuff happens in college football. Breaking news there. Check back for more later. But if Richrod leaves, I think that leaves open a possibility. Or I I, I don't know. I don't necessarily see this happening. But if these last two games go really, really poorly, like say they don't actually run for very many yards against State and State just trounces them, and say LSU just houses them and they get shut out or something this weekend, is there a world where Matt Luke looks at this at the end of the season and says, you know what, this doesn't work. We can't have this sort of offensive identity. We're going to have to go back to kind of a normal offense that you know, throws a forward pass. Is there a way he goes to crowd and like, look, man, sorry about this happening, I thought. This is my best chance to win games in the short term. We've got to go back to this. Maybe. That doesn't seem likely at all. I'm just I, making, I, making a case for it. Um, I don't
1: think they have the $3 million to just give Rich Rod to go away.
0: I, I'm not even necessarily suggesting that. I'm just suggesting that he makes Rich Rod use Corral as quarterback because, you know, using a guy that doesn't know how to throw uh, is not working, I guess is what all right, I'm saying. All right, well, let's put
1: yourself in Corral's use. Um, Let's just pretend that that does happen. I don't think that's out of the possibilities that it happens. I don't necessarily know if I believe Matt. Luke, right, you just told me for an entire offseason I'm your quarterback and pulled the plug after four games. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I'm I not saying he
0: stayed. I'm just making the case.
1: Yeah, I, I just if I'm Matt Brown, I don't
0: I don't trust these people. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm with you there. I, I, I'm not necessarily. I don't disagree with that at all. But like, if, if is there a world where that happens? I think maybe.
1: Yeah, if they're
0: smart, it is, but, you know. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I think that's one part of it. Oh, let's see. Is there any truth to the rumors? Oh, okay. Any truth to the rumors that Glenn Boyce is actually hiding out at a secret bunker in Denver? I think that's where the nukes are.
1: Yeah. Uh, No, I can confirm
0: he was in Oxford as of yesterday. Like... No offense, no shit. Isn't that where he's supposed to be?
1: Yeah, I, have you not seen the, have you not seen Ben's Twitter feed?
0: Uh, yeah, I saw Ben kind of like lost it yesterday. What is going on there? Ben went on his podcast,
1: I guess it was Thursday with Sudu, and was uh, talking about how he, nobody, nobody's seen Glenn Boyd. He just wanted to know where he was. And it turned into Ben making t-shirts of uh, Glenn, where is Glenn Boyd.
0: I think a Twitter account as well. Uh, Yeah, I mean, again, once the hiring went the way it went, like, what else did you expect from this guy? Like, they, there was never a scenario where they were rolling out the red carpet and giving him a warm welcome and all that. I mean, hell, he couldn't even have an inter- introductory press conference. It was derailed by protests. Like, I, I I know people, I guess people aren't necessarily surprised he's in hiding, but I guess I like this is playing out exactly how I thought it would play out. I mean, does he? Did anyone ever actually see gumballs if you hadn't had those weird hostage videos? I saw him a few times. Yeah, I mean, when I was on campus, I saw him. Okay, uh, that's a little different, though. Seeing him walking around campus to where most of the people talking about where's Glenn Boyce is like in the public eye, per se. Like, I don't think he's literally hiding. I would bet if you ask some students, there are a few people that have seen him walking around campus or blah, 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 what what have you. But, like, it's a glorified, like, fundraising educational job. Like, as long as you're not a complete and total dope, which I'm not saying he is or is not, like, you don't really have to be, like, you know... Like, I, I don't know. You don't have to be, like, a cop politician on the campaign trail. Like, I think there's a world where he operates like this for an extended period of time.
1: Him yeah, going to Facebook uh, solely and not operating a Twitter account was hilarious. Stuff. Yeah,
0: I saw people got really pissed off about that. I'm not sure I'd want to be on Twitter either, though. Well, I mean,
1: I don't know if pissed off was the right word. I think they were just making fun of him. Like, that's, a, that's another thing is not being transparent and, and kind of cottage Like, because... The majority of the people that use social media, um, younger generation-wise, use
0: Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I've always been interested by this because my brothers always use Instagram and Snapchat. There's like a small faction of people that are on Twitter, like because I know a bunch of people that I'm friends with that don't use Twitter at all, and, like don't have one, and like don't have anything to do with it. So like. I feel like Twitter is where most angry people are at. And then, like, Snapchat and uh, Instagram are, like... Because my brother's friends communicate basically solely off Snapchat. It's weird. That, that is
1: weird. Maybe I'm, like, past the Snapchat generation, but I don't use it at all.
0: I mean, I use it to send, like, funny stuff to my friends every now and again. But you've got kids with, like, 80, 90-day-old streaks, and that's literally how they communicate on a daily basis. That was not my... Uh, that was not my... I don't want to say by generation because, like, we're, you know, the kids we're talking about are seven, eight years apart. But, like, the the actual age group that I grew up with, that is not how that, that worked. No, um,
1: no. We, we, we barely had stories when I used Snapchat.
0: Yeah, Snapchat was new. I remember when I was a senior in high school, someone set up a Snapchat for me, and I was like, I, this doesn't seem great. It seems like I'm only going to get in trouble with this. <laughs> um Let's see. We're kind of getting off track here. I lost the questions for a second. Now, the problem with picking questions this week is that it's just divulged into people arguing. So I can't tell what's a question and what's not. Early favorite for NBA MVP. I think Giannis. I think... Hmm. I mean, I hate saying Harden because watching James Harden play basketball, play basketball, really just irks me. But I, I think early on it'd be hard to ignore uh, Harden's production. I mean, there, there's a world where Harden could could sit at 37 a game right now. Like he could average 35, 37 a game for an entire season. Uh, I hate the way the Rockets play basketball. They're my least favorite team to watch. But I think it would be hard to discount his production numbers, usage rate, and all that jazz aside. But if you're making me bet on someone right now, I think I'm probably going Giannis again. Dark Horse would be Siakam. And, yeah, I think that's what I'm going with right now. I think I'm going uh, Giannis hard in second, and then, like, a guy coming out of nowhere, I'd go Siakam because he's putting up absurd numbers.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd have to defer to you there. I'm not a... Not I. I, I, thought, I watched the NBA. I don't. I
0: don't follow it enough to, to be able to name MVP candidates in November. I have. Uh, I mean, not. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the. Uh, I guess not. Not the silly part of the question, but like, like judging an MVP through eleven games of an NBA season is hard. But if they were season ended today, I'd probably go Giannis. What is the most slept on place to get a burger in Oxford? I don't know if Handy Andy counts as slept on, but like to me, that's the best one. You
1: think that's that? About- uh, okay, uh, Lamar Lounge back when it was uh, cooking was was the best burger in Oxford. for my that life.
0: doesn't exist anymore, does it? That's what
1: I was saying. Back when it was going.
0: Okay, what happened to what is it now?
1: Uh, it's like some Italian place. Last so I checked.
0: So it's a hundred percent gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, same guy owns it, but it's a uh, it's a new restaurant. Yeah. Kind um, of just same. Yeah, I think Andy Andy has to be one now. It's either there or Phillips Grocery.
0: Yeah, I think Handy Andy. Uh, as far as slept on, I don't think... is the Neon Pig's not a thing anymore, but they actually had a pretty good burger.
1: Proud Larry's burger is slept on.
0: I'm not sure I've ever had a burger for Proud Larry's. You, you should try that. Corinth's chances to win the 4A football title. Um, I like what Corinth has going this year at quarterback. Go Corinth. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I'm wondering if this guy sent this to the wrong place by accident. I uh, I I don't hate high school football, but I don't know anything about it since I stopped covering it. Uh, I I, yeah, I mean I, I keep
1: up with it. Um, I'll be honest, four A probably is the four uh, A and one A. I probably know the least about them. Actually, wow, fourth went ten and one this year. How about that? They yeah, they won tonight. Um, I don't know. Fourth has always been a pretty good program. stuff so. sure, why not?
0: Is the win total any different with Phil Longo this season? Ooh, that's a good question. I watched Longo last night against Pittsburgh and I saw a lot of the same red zone issues despite him Oh
1: yes, I d don't well, disagree, but he got to where he could kick field goals. No and no that's
0: been doing a lot of that. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not I'm not disagreeing, but I'm just saying I watched him last night. I did see a, a a lot of the same issues as far as um as far as get as scoring in the red zone. I mean they're their possession offensively in overtime was nothing short of an absolute atrocity. Uh, they had a couple a couple drives stalled in the red zone before that. They had one in the fourth quarter where they could have gone for the win, and it stalled out. It looked to me like same old Longo, but with that said, they did move the football. They, they would have moved the football more consistently, uh, I think, because honestly, as much, as much crap as Longo's got— Longo's kind of like downhill running game with the running back he has, it was, bad. it was not bad, and it was honestly a lot more visually appeasing to watch than a lot of the things Ole Miss does now. Because I was watching, he has some big, big-ish bruising back at North Carolina, and it reminded me a lot of Jordan Wilkins, and it reminded me a lot, some of Scotty Phillips last year, is like, for whatever reason, the way that offense and the chasing space and all that, those running backs have a lot of room to run, and they get downhill really quickly. And so, but I, I guess what I'm saying all this is to say, I think naturally you would have had more explosive plays with Longo that would have just led to a few more touchdowns by default. So I'll give them 6-6 six and six with Phil Longo. Yeah,
1: I, I don't disagree. I think they won the A&M game if Phil Longo's the, head, or the uh, offensive coordinator because back there, was the quarterback of that I ain't First Well, first of all, John Wright's family not here.
0: Yeah, I guess that's another part of it too. I mean, Matt Corral would be the quarterback, and I think Matt Corral would be better off with, with. What's interesting to me is people were so fed up with Phil Longo last year because of the red zone struggles, and they said the hollow yardage. And now it's funny to watch people melt down because you now you have neither. <laughs> like I, I guess it would have been interesting. If, if, like I, if you would have told me last December when we were sitting at Rich Rodriguez's opening press conference, if you'd have told me. A year ago, people would re- welcome Phil Longo back with open arms. I would, I'm would i not sure I would have believed it. Yeah, and I'm not saying, well, Phil
1: Longo was not good during his time at Old Miss, but it was not an atrocity uh, compared
0: to what's going on right now. But people were calling it an atrocity last year.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think they actually saw what an atrocity was, and this is an atrocity.
0: Yeah, so I guess grass isn't always greener, or maybe hire someone competent. I'm not sure what the lesson is there. Again, this goes back to my, if Rich Rodriguez, and again, I, I hate making sweeping assumptions after one year, but if Rich Rodriguez doesn't indeed work out, this is kind of my Moorhead theory to where there's a difference between a bad hire and a miss, in my opinion. Like, I mean, with respect to Matt Luke, Ole Miss having that search hijacked by uh, gumballs, and them going with an unqualified interim offensive line coach. To me, bad hire, very hard to justify despite, you know, the six and six and all that. Whereas state with Joe Moorhead, maybe it doesn't work out. It's not looking so good right now. But at the same time, that was a justifiable hire. He was kind of the hot offensive coordinator. It was another offensive mind from the Northeast, kind of in that Mullen footprint. It was a justifiable hire that made sense that may end up being a miss whereas I think there's a difference between a bad hire and a miss. And I think, actually, Rich Rodriguez would fall into the miss category because I don't think people were furious. Like, when he got hired on paper, people were like, okay, that kind of makes sense.
1: Sure, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, it's just labeling.
0: Well, yeah, no, well, I think it matters to some degree. But, yeah, it's probably mostly labeling. But, man, Hugh Freeze hiring Wesley McGriffin, Phil Longo didn't make sense from the get-go. And so if you're repeatedly hiring people that don't make sense, you don't have a chance to succeed from the start. To where I think if you make enough, like if you make three justifiable hires, I think two are going to work and one's going to miss, or something like that, you have a better chance of a hit rate. To where a bad, unjustifiable hire, you have zero chance of a hit rate. I guess, uh,
1: um, I do think, Matt, didn't hire the offensive coordinator that he wanted to hire, and I just wonder how much different this offense looks if, if Will Hall is the offensive coordinator.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think Rich Rodriguez was just like, like, I think he was probably coaxed a little to go in a different direction, but I don't think Rich Rodriguez was like a forced marriage by any stretch of the imagination. You don't think he was what? A forced marriage.
1: Um, I think that it was implied that you shouldn't wait on Will Hall and you should hire Rich Rodriguez before he takes another job.
0: That's fine, but if Matt Luke never interviews and even inquires about Rich Rodriguez, then it probably never happens anyway. No, but I think if Matt
1: had his complete pick of things, it would have been Will Hall. I think think New York kind of expediated this process. And I'm not necessarily blaming New York for doing so. I, I think Look, everybody back in December said this was a good hire. For whatever reason, Rich Rod is not produced at all.
0: Yeah, so... Will Ole Miss always be a revolving sport as to what... Revolving door, excuse me, as to what sport is best? Which one will emerge as best for a long period of time? Well, I mean, the football... I mean, the baseball program has been as much as people get spoiled by it, the baseball program has been consistently good for almost two decades now. Kermit Davis is recruiting at a level uh, with Matthew Merle and then a couple of the other guys they've been in on that I think you could see a world where they're a I don't think they're ever I mean, at this place it'd be be hard to perceive them being a NCAA tournament team every single year or like a 7 out of 10 or something like that, but they could contend for a bid pretty much every year.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he recruits at this level, frankly, I don't know why they could make the NCAA tournament every year. Because uh, even with you see UC... this level consistently, that's a fair question.
0: Yeah, but you see teams with all kinds of talent and talent superior to Ole Misses. Yeah,
1: but I think Kermit's uh, an extremely good coach. I think a lot of these guys that I think there's a lot of guys that recruit good talent that may not be the the most uh, bright in game.
0: Yeah, but sure, at the same time though, you have years where the ball doesn't bounce your way, you have health reasons, and unless you're just stupid loaded with debt or an elite level coach, like there's just going to be years where you just don't quite measure up and you kind of get, particularly if the SEC stays as strong, you just kind of get swallowed up by the league. Now, I think they could could be in the mix for a bit every year, if it, pretty much every year if he recruits at this level, but to say they're getting to the tournament every year, I mean there's there's... You can count on two hands the amount of programs that get to the NCAA tournament every single year, and really it's closer to one hand. Sure, um, but I think they
1: can look a lot like Tennessee under Rick Barnes, Matt.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I'd probably go maybe a, a light version of that. to be best-case scenario.
1: Well, no, I'm not saying that they're going to be a one seed or two-seater like Tennessee has. I just think every single year they're going to be in it.
0: Will Scotty Phillips be a productive NFL running back? I don't know. Yes. I think he'll get a look somewhere. I think he'll have a chance to make a roster. I don't think. Well, I,
1: see, I, I think he's a third or fourth round pick. Maybe fourth or fifth.
0: I don't know, man. I don't think he's as I don't think he projects as well professionally as Jordan Wilkins did, and he was a really late selection. Ooh, I don't know. Um, I
1: think, I think he's kind of in that same bowl.
0: I'm going to go right now, if you had to make me guess right now, I'm going to go undrafted free agent that has a pretty good shot to make a roster out of training camp. I got him a little.
1: I think he's he's in that same mold as
0: Wilkins. Who is the best basketball team in the country right now, in your opinion? I haven't been able to watch enough college troops at this point to to guess. Kentucky is really good. I know they had that loss to Evansville or whatever. Kentucky looks really, really good. I think a full-strength Michigan State will be pretty special. And, uh, yeah, Duke's pretty good as well. Favorite yes. uniform combo? I don't know. I don't really care about uniforms. I, I think the... I, that, that's one thing to me. Like, I, I cannot get into uniforms
1: at all. Like, I, I they just do nothing for me.
0: This guy's asking favorite Ole Miss football uniform combo. I don't know. I mean, I think they're powder blue or whatever, when they go white and gray pants kind of contrast well, I think that looks okay. Sure. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I just... Maybe I'm colorblind, but I, I just can't do uniform.
0: Uh, I'm not ignoring this question, but we pretty much already kind of answered it. Pick the O.C. long over Richrod Is yeah. Mike Norvell 8-2 with this 2019 team?
1: I have an opinion on Mike Norvell, but you go
0: first. 8-2. That's losses to Alabama, Alabama. and Auburn.
1: I guess Missouri too. I guess yeah.
0: I don't know about eight and two, but they'd be bowl eligible by now. I think they have six wins.
1: I don't think Mike Norvell is as good of a football coach. He's, like I'm not saying I wouldn't hire him if I was Arkansas or old mess. I just don't know if I think I think he, he's possibly a guy that goes to a big time program and doesn't work out. His man. He recruits a lot better than a lot of these AAC teams, and I'm curious to see how it is when he doesn't have the talent that they have.
0: I think he's a good coach. I think winning consistently at that level at Memphis means you know what you're doing. I'll, Even
1: I'll, if you're recruiting that much better than all the other AAC teams?
0: I mean, no, but at the same time, you win at Memphis, you probably know what you're doing. Like, I, I think he's a good coach. I think they'd be 6-4 and four at worst.
1: Mm-hmm. Try to think. They went a And um, I do think he's smart enough to play Matt Corral. Um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, six and four is fine. I'd probably go five and five. He beats but, yeah, Memphis I, and it's Cal. It's one of those. They
0: be below. He beats Memphis and Cal.
1: Um. I, okay. I yeah. mean, that Memphis game, man. That offensive line, like, does he have them in that much better shape than? than they would have been with uh, Luke and, and Rodriguez.
0: No, but at the same time, they were within one score in the second half and couldn't really get anything done. I think they beat Memphis or Cal. I think they have – I think they beat, beat – I would think they would beat both of them with Mike Norvell. Uh, what would your starting five be if you had to choose from AK's players at Ole Miss? Oh, that, that one's
1: not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Oh, I'm going to make some people mad, but uh, you, you go
0: ahead. I think I would go Chris Warren. I would like to have a pretty deadly shooting backcourt with the way basketball is played now. So I think I'd go Henderson and Chris Warren. Oh, wow. Uh, as a... I don't know if Henderson fits, though, because he was so damn ball dominant. Man,
1: I... I, oof. You're keeping somebody off the floor. I don't know how you're keeping off the floor.
0: Who? Fine. What? Moody. Yeah, he was good. I might actually go I don't know, in some ways like Henderson caused so much attention and moved pretty well coming off screens off the ball and Moody did too, but Moody was better distributor I think, but maybe a little more ball dominant. I The thing is if you go with a Moody or a or a Marshall Henderson, you're probably better off with Jarvis Summers at That's point what here. I was I was gonna say but,
1: Jarvis Moody. I don't know what I'd do with the three.
0: I think I'd have Regin- Reginald Buckner. Oh, yeah, I
1: do know what i do.
0: At five, and then I think I'd go Murphy Holloway at four, and then.
1: Terrence Henry's at your three.
0: Yeah, so some combination of that. Yeah,
1: I'd go Jarvis, Moody, Henry, Murph, Red.
0: Lack of passing on Rich Rod play-calling, John Rice Plumlee decision-making, or John Rice Plumlee's ability to pass. I'll take E, all of the above.
1: I'll take the first and the third. I don't think his decision-making is that bad, actually. Plumlee? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really just him skipping six-yard outs uh, on into the ground.
1: I think he knows what he wants to do. I'm just not sure he can do it.
0: Over under $80 cover at the library this weekend. I'm going to go a hard over.
1: I'm going to go push. It feels like an 80 weekend.
0: What are your thoughts on Cooley being completely neglected? It blows my mind that he has not been involved at all. Physical specimen who should be utilized. Two different quarters, yeah, two times. I don't necessarily disagree
1: with this guy.
0: Well, I mean, man, he's the second leading receiver.
1: Well, okay. I mean, there's a lot of analogies I could use that probably aren't politically correct,
0: but... Well, he's ne- he's neglected because of they don't they can't pass. He's not. I don't think he's neglected because they don't want to use yeah, it. But can't you use your tight end more in a short passing game than you maybe
1: can from receivers too?
0: I mean, I guess. But he's also he's also had a lot a decent more snaps than you would think siphoned away by Jason Pellerin.
1: Yeah, Pellerin's actually played pretty well. They have not given that guy of football enough, and he's a he can make plays with balling,
0: fan. Yeah, but that's part of it too. It's not the same thing it's not the same thing as last year where they're throwing the ball over the yard and then ignoring an NFL tight end. They can't throw the ball and I think that's more of a product than that than anything. I, I, I would like Cooley being neglected is I don't think is the right phrase. I think Cooley is again like pretty much like any other receiver in this offense. Where I say he's the second leading receiver, he's the second leading receiver that's uh, caught like a a natural pass catcher. Jerry on Ely is his team's second leading receiver, which kind of underscores my point. But I, I think it's more so just like anything else, they're not being out, they're not able to throw the ball down the field. Therefore, he's not getting the ball. I don't think he's being ignored. Fair enough. I think that's. I've got some kind of argument going on in my mentions and it's really just annoying the shit out of me. Um, I can't figure find any of these questions. Let's see. I think that was just about it. I think we've got maybe one or two more. Which of these happens first? Ole Miss throws a forty yard pass. Ole Miss wins a football game. Glenn Boyce hires an athletic director. I'm gonna go with Ooh, that's Glenn that's Boyce fun. hires an athletic director. Do you think- are you saying
1: you think he, that one's in here before Thanksgiving?
0: I think it's more likely that an athletic director is hired because I don't, I'm not giving Ole Miss a win in the Egg Bowl. Like I, Nothing they've shown shows me that they know how to win a close football game. So I'm going to go Glenn Boys hires an AD as a safer bet. I would go Ole Miss wins football game number two, and Ole Miss I think throws a 40-yard pass, not completes a 40-yard pass is what the question should be. I would go that third which is a yeah, weird, weird I would,
1: world. I would certainly pick uh, athletic drugs first. That, that feels like a pretty safe bet because I think it's already done.
0: Yeah, I think it's very close to being done, if not if not completely done already. I uh, I think that's all the questions we had. Uh, let's get to some picks. Do you have Greg's picks? <laughs> he has not texted back. Uh, our, our guy Greg has not given out
1: his picks. I will post them. On the Twitter sphere, when he does
0: that. Okay. Um. Let's see. I've got some college games pulled up.
1: Yeah, I'm, you're pulling
0: up college. Yeah, I mean, I, I can get them both right here. Let's see. All right, I got college.
1: Uh, Florida's minus seven at Missouri.
0: I don't understand this line, so I guess I'll go Missouri.
1: Yeah, well, Missouri's good at home. Um, must mean Bryant's playing, so yeah, sure, I'll take Missouri. Um, Bama minus 18.5 in Starkville. Everybody just thinks Bama's going to roll in there, pissed off, and kill him I don't think that's how it goes at all. I think Bama's over. Well,
0: I think this line is the way it is because 2 is not playing. Oh, he's not playing? No, he's not playing because that line dropped four points from 21 to 21.5. And all signs are out of Tuscaloosa. We had Aaron Suttles of the Athletic on yesterday. All signs are that Mac Jones will play and that Tua will not play in this game.
1: That's probably smart on their part.
0: Um,
1: okay. I'll take State.
0: I think I'll go Alabama anyway. I, I, I think Alabama needs – I think Alabama – and they. this guy uh, Suttles pointed this out on our show yesterday too. I thought it was a good point. Alabama – made some very un-Alabama-like mistakes in the ninth game of the season to where they were just really disjointed at times offensively. Um, their defense kind of is what it is, but I don't think State's going to pose that much of a threat. I'll actually go Alabama here. I think this is like a 34-10 type of thing. Towards a minus three at Auburn. Auburn's a sexy pick here, right? But I think Georgia's playing better football. I think there's something to them seeing their name at number four in the college football playoff and knowing they pretty much control their own destiny. I uh, I don't – Auburn's defense is really good. I, I'm, I'm really interested to see this matchup. But I think it's more likely that Georgia wins by, you know, 7-10 to kind of going away late than anything else. I'll, I'll go Georgia.
1: I'm going to take Auburn. Uh, Kentucky's laying 10 in Nashville. I am not betting on Vanderbilt.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm not either. The uh, I actually, my I went over to see my family after the game yesterday. I had some uh, my grandparents from out of town come in town, and it was the first time I'd really gotten down to sit down and watch the whole Lynn Bowden thing. And honestly, get for for to Stoops' credit for literally not having a quarterback on the roster, they actually moved the ball okay. So I'll go uh, Kentucky. It's weird to watch, but it's actually not. All, I mean, it's literally just a wildcat on every play. Uh, But it's not terrible. I I kind of was actually pretty impressed by it, despite them losing to Tennessee. I'll go Kentucky.
1: LSU's laying 21 in Oxford.
0: Yeah, I I mean, give me LSU. I don't see where Ole Miss throws the ball. If you listened to our podcast yesterday with Brody Miller, I think we both kind of agreed on a scenario. Like, if I told him this game was close in the third quarter, I think it's because Ole Miss's offense just kind of tripped – excuse me, LSU's offense kind of maybe – trips over its own feet for the lack of a like has a little bit of a hangover maybe a little groggy maybe a couple of turnovers and it's like a 17-7 17-10 type of deal in the third quarter but I don't think Ole Miss moves the ball consistently enough to cover this give me LSU
1: I'm going to take Ole Miss I'm curious here yeah Ole Miss is uh, LSU is an 11 point favorite in the first half I think Ole Miss actually covers that
0: Well, what, what are we talking about here
1: I mean I was just curious what the first half looked like.
0: Right? oh so you got him in the game yeah, 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 yeah. I got LSU. I don't buy Ole Miss at all. A um, and
1: playing eleven at home versus South Carolina. I'll
0: take A and I'll take South Carolina. Every time Will Muschamp has a bad game or whatever, they seem to kind of bounce back and at least give someone a fight. They're injury riddled. I don't think A and M's that good though, so I'll go South Carolina. All right,
1: I'm pulling off any other top twenty-five game. <laughs> uh, um, oh, this is a good one. Uh, Penn State playing fourteen and a half at home versus Indiana.
0: This is a trap one because this is like a Penn State get right week, but I'll go Tom Allen and the Hoosiers. I don't think they're getting enough respect. They're ranked for the first time since like oh one.
1: Are they? This does not have them ranked.
0: No, no, that's because they're not in the college football playoff. But last week they cracked the AP rankings for the first okay. time since like oh one. They're seven and two.
1: Okay. Uh, here's a weird line. Okay. We have a top 25 team traveling to a team that is not ranked in the college. Minnesota, playoff.
0: I don't buy this either. I don't think Iowa's offense is good and can score. I already know what this game is. Minnesota, this makes no sense no, to me. No, no, no. I
1: was talking about Iowa State hosting
0: Texas. Oh, okay. I jumped the gun there. I thought that this was the line everyone, or one, or one of our handicappers, or whatever, was talking about on the show yesterday. Go ahead. Iowa State, Texas? Yeah,
1: Iowa State playing seven at home against Texas. Iowa State not ranked. Texas ranked number 19.
0: Tom Herbert's pretty good as an underdog elsewhere, and I don't know, so I'll go Texas.
1: Yeah, that's probably what I'd go to. All right, what were you talking about? Minnesota, Iowa. Iowa actually is ranked. What did you say? What were you talking about with Minnesota and Iowa? What? Iowa actually is ranked. I didn't realize that.
0: No, I wasn't talking about Iowa not being ranked. Oh, I, I guess I didn't hear you clearly on that one, the, the, the line on that.
1: Oh, it's Iowa minus
0: three at home. Yeah, I'm going Minnesota. I don't understand what you saw for Minnesota last week that would lead you to believe they would lose to that offensively inept Iowa team. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Minnesota wins
1: that game. Uh right, here's the game of the year in the Big 12. Um, I, Oklahoma
0: laying ten and a half at Baylor. I like Baylor. I, Oklahoma, I think I Hurst, I, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts' request to being Jalen Hurts. I mean, they got lucky to escape that Iowa State game at home last week. You're telling me they're going to go on the road and crush Baylor in Baylor's game of the century, basically? I'm going Baylor. I think Oklahoma probably squeaks out with a win. Like, Oklahoma's not looking impressive. There's a reason Jalen Hurts got benched at Alabama, and you're now seeing it. And that defense well, doesn't he got don't...
1: benched because Tua was really good. He still was started on a lot Dude, of
0: teams. Hurts got benched at halftime of a national title game, though. Like, they... Yeah, because Tua was really good. But they were also awful offensively. Sure, but I don't think they, I think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. I think he's okay, but like, I mean, you talk to anyone that covered that team that beat Georgia in the national title game, they masked his limitations all year, and like, if you're that good of a college quarterback, you're probably not having to have your offensive coordinator mask your limitations. Now, a little different uh, deal in Lincoln-Riley's system, but like, I don't buy him that much. I, I, I like Baylor here.
1: Okay, I think Oklahoma kills them. I, Baylor's played a ton of close games that have just all broke their way.
0: Yeah, that's fair, but I mean, did you watch Oklahoma last week?
1: Yeah, they played not well against an Iowa State team. It's Matt Campbell's a really good coach. I think that's the type of game that maybe like reminds you that, hey, you better start playing well. They were up in that game by three touchdowns, too.
0: And then Hurts turned it over at least once, maybe twice. That fourth quarter interception was kind of astounding. That
1: was a bad throw. Um, the only other ranked game, Notre Dame hosting Navy laying
0: seven and a half. I'm taking Navy. Yeah, Navy. I don't understand. I don't I don't know anything about this, but like triple option, that seems weird. I'm not sure how interested Notre Dame still is in things, so Notre Dame. I excuse me, Navy. All right, we moved to the NFL. Alright, I I got that up. Um well, I say I have it up. I can't I got it. Okay. Uh Dallas
1: minus six and a half at Detroit. Stafford obviously not playing.
0: Yeah, he missed practice on Thursday. Doesn't seem likely he's gonna play. It would seem like that. I'll go. I'll go da- Dallas. I'm gonna
1: take Detroit. I think is actually not terrible. Indianapolis laying two and a half posting uh Jacksonville. That tells me Brissett will play. I'm gonna take uh Indianapolis.
0: Yeah, Indianapolis, they've actually been better on the road than they've been at home. Foles is back this week. Jacksonville off a bye. I'll actually go the Jaguars here. I think they get a pretty big win.
1: Denver's catching 10.5 at Minnesota. I'm taking Denver.
0: I don't know who's playing quarterback for them. I think Minnesota... I actually like Minnesota here. I think they're playing well. I think they're going to be the dark horse in the NFC of Kirk Cousins to continue to play confidently. Dalvin Cook's the best running back in the NFL right now, and it's, I don't even think it's really close. They've got the best running game. I think they're going to – this This screams like 21-6 or 23 or something like that. Like I, I don't think uh, Denver's able to score.
1: Houston's catching for Baltimore. I'm going to take Baltimore and hope I'm wrong.
0: I think it's Houston. Anytime you can get Deshaun Watson with points, I know Lamar Jackson's really good. I think this is a shootout, but I, I, I can't take, I can't not take Deshaun Watson as an underdog.
1: My God, the Redskins are a favorite this week, Weighing uh, two and a half, hosting the Jets.
0: Uh, give me the Jets. Yeah, sure, why not?
1: Um, Carolina hosting or, yeah, Carolina hosting Atlanta, only laying four.
0: Atlanta played a lot better last week, but Kyle Allen seems to be pretty good against bad-to-average teams and not so good against good teams, although he was pretty good against Aaron Rodgers in the snow at Lambeau last week. I like Carolina. Uh, Atlanta's too inconsistent.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, Buffalo laying six-and-a-half at the resurgent Miami Dolphins.
0: I don't know, but Buffalo may be the most fraudulent winning team of all time. Miami's played better of lately. I think I'm going to go Miami again, shockingly.
1: Sure. Yeah, I don't, yeah, Buffalo's fraud. New Orleans laying five and a half in Tampa.
0: These games are always close. Drew Brees looked really awful last week, and that offense looked terrible last week. I spent all week telling Borky and Haydad that San Francisco is the best team in the NFC and not New Orleans, and I think even though San Francisco struggled, uh, I still validated by that. Uh, New Orleans wins the game, but that's too many points. These games seem to be always close.
1: Sure, yeah. Well, that, that line doesn't make sense. Uh, San Francisco laying 10.5, hosting Arizona.
0: Well, back on that other one for a second, I think it's... a. Uh, you mentioned the line not making sense. I think it's official that Tampa is the good bad team this year because their pass <laughs> okay. defense is horrendous. But Jameis Winston, aside from me, I think he's had two games with a ton of turnovers. He's actually been pretty good this year. Yeah.
1: And, Arians has done a pretty good job. Of their defense, so.
0: and they had they had a uh, they had a stretch where they went two road games on the West Coast, London, and then back to Seattle. So they had they played one home game in the last like calendar five week or month or five weeks. So Jesus Christ. Yeah, they they got boned on the schedule. I'm not sure how that uh how that happened, but yeah, anyway, I, I like I like them. What was the next one?
1: San Francisco laying ten and a half at home versus Arizona. I'm actually gonna take the Cardinals.
0: I think here. that's too many points and I think Jimmy G and them got exposed a little bit. I still like their running game, I still like their defense, but that's a lot of points.
1: New England laying three and a half at Philadelphia, I'm taking the pat.
0: Yeah, aren't the Pats coming off a bye? Yeah. I'm going to go uh, Philly against my better judgment. Because if, if Philly makes a late season kind of run and they're already playing a little bit better football, I think this is where it starts. Brady just looked not very good for a long stretch of time against a very average Baltimore defense. Uh, I'm going to go against my better judgment and go against Brady.
1: Oakland laying 11.5 versus Cincinnati at home. I'm taking Oakland because if you bet on Cincinnati,
0: you're a dumb dumb. Yeah, I have no idea what to do with this, but whatever, Oakland.
1: Uh, L.A. laying six and a half hosts in Chicago. Chicago,
0: Chicago. The Rams are an offensive mess. They are. The Bears, the Bears are too. Like I don't necessarily. I, I would. I would absolutely hate picking this either way if I if I actually had to. But man. The, the Rams are awful offensively. Like, they got out to that 3-1 and one start, and no one really bought it as is. And then last week was just a complete and total atrocity. You're telling me that Goff's going to move the ball on the Bears' defense like that? I guess you're counting on the Rams' defense winning the game for them and Trubisky sucking, which I guess is a very real possibility, too. But, man, when you have the two this bad offenses, I guess just give me the points.
1: Um, Kansas City, I think this game is in Mexico City, uh, laying three and a half, hosting
0: the Chargers. It Not is. Not hosting Monday Night Football. Uh, I think the I, I'm really going to go Chargers here. I think the uh, the Chiefs are wildly undisciplined. I think Mahomes is really the only thing keeping them from being just a complete incompetent mess. So I'll go uh, the Chargers.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Um, that's it. That's all the games. Sweet. Uh, how many games does Miles Garrett get?
0: Yeah. So I guess what that was the last thing we kind of needed to get to uh, last night. Cleveland. I was shocked by this. This seemed like the quintessential game that Mike Tomlin was going to out them and win. The Steelers had really rode their defense on that four-game winning streak. They got to five and four. They're still in the playoff hunt. And then Mason Rudolph, who was already not very good through these four or five games, had his worst game by far during that stretch. Um, but I was surprised. But uh, what's not surprising that even when the Browns win, they don't handle it correctly. <laughs> so... That, that ugly... So, I, it was interesting. I actually turned the TV off uh, at the end of that game right as that was happening, literally the play before, and then I went and got in bed and then looked on uh, Twitter for a second and saw all the videos, and I was like, holy hell, what's going on? That was uh, that was ugly.
1: That's the worst thing I've ever seen on a football field. He could have killed that dude if that crown of the helmet hits him in the face.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, like, I... It's... Like... In general, on things like this, like everyone tends to overreact, but I don't really know how you overreact to to this type of thing. I mean, I've never seen the guy, I've never seen someone take a helmet off and use it as a weapon because helmets are really hard and really heavy. And honestly, he got lucky that, like, the, the, the brim, not the brim of the helmet, but like the side of it, like the edge where you put it on the ear thing hit him instead of the square part of it on the head. That was uh, really bad, and then he didn't really have anything to say for himself afterward other than, sorry, I lost my cool. I can't really justify it. It's like, well, I mean, Kevin Seifert, who covers the NFL for ESPN, had a story that came out that was like, this is basically the closest thing we've seen to actual, like, a criminal assault on a football field. Um, I mean, don't you have to get – Albert Hemsworth got five for stomping on that guy's head and giving him a bunch of stitches. This has to be at least six or seven, and I think at that point they may just go the end of the season because there's only, what, how many games left? I, yeah, six.
1: I would extend it into next season. I would go eight. I, um, I think they, they
0: make, I think they go. I think they make their peace with it at the end of the. They suspend, suspend him for the rest of the year. That's my guess.
1: Um, maybe so. I, I, I wouldn't care if they suspended him for this season and next. He, he, he damn near killed a guy. Yeah, and no, that, I'm not.
0: I'm not arguing that 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 would that wouldn't be excessive or would be excessive. I'm just. I, I think that's probably what they settle on. But yeah, that was that was a really really rough look. Yeah,
1: and. People are doing the thing where they're like, "Oh, Rudolph tried to take his helmet off too." I'm like, okay, like if wait you a minute, hold me, on, shove me. Yeah, did you not see that uh, Rudolph was trying to under the pile take Garrett's helmet?
0: No, tell, I, I saw that. I, I don't understand that. I would like to someone to definitively show me the angle where that was the case. They got oh, tangled I, I can, up, and I, he, I
1: can do that. Um, I
0: can send you a text. Well, from what I saw, up? he got the he. They got tangled up, and he was grabbing him on the back of his head. But what the angle? Can you really definitively see that he was trying to rip his helmet off? Yeah, I think he was trying to take his helmet off. I don't think he'd have slung it over and uh, beat him in the head no, with No, no, that's my point. Like, he's not going to try to fight dude
1: with his helmet. Or maybe, I mean, I guess it's conceivable he would have, but he didn't. Like, everybody's like, oh, he tried to take his helmet off. I'm like, who cares? Like, if you walk up to me and shove me on the sidewalk and I hit you in the stomach with a
0: 2x4, I'm going to jail. Yeah, that was rough. What's interesting about this is, like, You know, Garrett had that story that allegedly came out a couple weeks ago that a fan, like, came up and asked for a picture and said, punched him in the face, and he had no reaction to that, allegedly, if that really did happen, but then loses his cool over this. Like, I wonder what was said. I'm not justifying it. It's just interesting to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really care what was said. You can't swing a helmet at somebody's dome, and I know you're not saying you can, Um if I'm the NFL, whatever was said among
0: the players, I, I wouldn't really
1: care about. Yeah, so... I, I told Rudolph's agent, and I wondered about this. They're not a, they're not ruling out pressing criminal
0: charges. I don't really blame them. That's fault. Yeah, I mean, it, it really... I mean, I, I guess it really is. I mean, but at the same time, I don't know. Are you really going to press this assault charges for a fight on the football field? I get he used his helmet. I, I, I get all of that, but, like... I will say Garrett's lucky he
1: didn't get hurt because that was just pissed off feeling,
0: and I can't really blame him. Well, it looked like Pouncey and another guy really just kind of went full on, like I'm about to I'm going to kill you after that. And then I saw, was it Pouncey or the other guy that was kicking him in the head? It which, was
1: Pouncey, and I don't really blame him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he had a pretty, a pr- I mean, he had a quote that was exactly what I would have said after the game. He said, look, my man got hit in the bare head with a helmet. I'll take whatever suspension at this point. If in NFL, you don't suspend them, right? Uh, I think they, I think they suspend him just to kind of adhere to their policy. But like, it's man, not, maybe it's a game. I don't know, man. <laughs> that, that's weak that
1: you suspend that cat.
0: I guess, but I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure they have some kind of protocol or policy where that's definitely. A, I mean, if you try to kick a guy in the head, no matter the circumstances, I think you're probably getting a suspension.
1: I feel like if there was ever a circumstance, this would be the one, though.
0: Sure, but the NFL fines dudes for having wrong colored uh, cleats. Like, they, do. They, they, they do. They are rule book guys. So, anyway, um, we've gone long enough. That was our LB's Pick'Em. I'd encourage you to go see Greg University Avenue across from Kroger. It's grilling season, best time of the year to put stuff on the grill. you got cooler weather. It's coming down to football. Into the football season, the best games of the year on. Go see Greg uh, let him tell you to what. Let him tell you, help you what you want to put on the grill. They've got steaks, custom cuts. They've got plate lunches every day. Best, uh, best place in uh, Mississippi to go get meat by far. Go see Greg at LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Uh, we'll have Greg's results in the LB's Pick'em uh, posted later today. We were not able to get Greg on today, and then we'll be back at it next week. But I think that's about all I had today. Sounds good. All right, for Colin Brister, I'm Brian Scott-Ribby. We appreciate you joining us on another Mailback Friday. We'll be back at it on Monday.
1: A Super Talk Mississippi media production.